0: Hello, I'm Karen Alvarado, co-artistic director of Thinkery and Verse, and you're listening to Decameron 2020, a storytelling podcast putting Boccaccio's Decameron in conversation with modern pandemic experiences. In the second story of the first day, Nophilia tells the story of a man who was begged to convert from the Jewish faith to the Christian religion. And after visiting the corrupt clergy of Rome, makes his surprising decision. This story was narrated by Celine Dirks. The story recited by Pamphilus was highly pleasing to the company and much commended by the ladies. And after it had been diligently reviewed among them, the queen commanded Madame Nephilia, who was seated nearest to Pamphilus, to follow on in the pastime thus began by relating another tale of her own. She, appearing no less graceful than merrily disposed, made answer that she would obey the charge and began in this manner. Pamphilus has declared to us by his tale how our good God forgives our errors when they proceed from things which we cannot see or understand. And I intend to prove by my tale how the same God proves his infallible truth by patiently enduring the faults of those that, both in word and work, should declare unfeigned testimony of such gracious goodness to the end that others, by their example, may believe with a firmer mind and not live so depraved as they currently do. As I have heard, gracious ladies, there lived a wealthy merchant in Paris, being a mercer or seller of silks, named Johanno de Cheveny, a man of faithful, honest, and upright dealing who held great affection and friendship with a very rich Jew named Abraham, who was a merchant also, and a man of very direct conversation. Johanno, well noting the honesty and loyal dealing of this Jew, began to have a religious kind of compassion in his soul. Much pitying that a man so good in behavior, so wise and discreet in all of his actions, should be in danger of perdition through want of faith. In which regard, lovingly he began to entreat Abraham to leave the errors of his Jewish belief and follow the truth of Christianity, which Abraham evidently saw as being good and holy, prosper and enlarge itself daily, whereas on the contrary his professed faith decreased and grew to nothing the Jew made answer that he believed nothing to be so good and holy as the Jewish religion, and having been born therein, therein also he proposed to live and die, no matter whatsoever being able to remove him from that resolution. For all this stiff denial, Jehano would not so give him over, but pursued him still, day by day, reiterating continually his former speeches to him, delivering infinite excellent and pregnant reasons that merchants themselves were not ignorant of how far the Christian faith excelled the Jewish falsehoods. And although the Jew was a very learned man in his own law, the entire amity he bore to Johano, or perhaps his friend's words fortified by the Blessed Spirit, were so prevalent with him that he felt a pleasing apprehension in them, though his obstinacy stood as yet far off from conversion. But as he continued strong in opinion, so Johano continued hourly to labor him, insomuch that the Jew, being conquered by such earnest and continual importunity, one day spoke to Johanno thus, "'My worthy friend Johanno, you are extremely desirous that I should convert to Christianity, and I am well contented to do it, only upon this condition, that first I will journey to Rome to see him whom you say is God's general vicar here on earth, and to consider on the course of his life and manners, and likewise, those of his College of Cardinals.' If he and they do appear such men to me as your speeches affirm them to be, and thereby I may comprehend that your faith and religion are better than mine, as with no mean pains you endeavor to persuade me, I will become a Christian as you are. But if I find otherwise, I will continue a Jew as I am. When Jehano heard these words, he became exceeding sorrowful and said to himself, I have lost all the pains which I did think well employed in hoping to have this man converted here. For if he goes to the court of Rome and beholds there the wickedness of the priest's lives, farewell all hope in me of ever seeing him become a Christian. But rather, were he already a Christian, without all question he would turn Jew. And so, going nearer to Abraham, he said, Alas, my loving friend, why should you undertake such a tedious travel and so great a charge as your journey from here to Rome will cost you? Consider that to a rich man as you are, travel by land or sea is full of infinite dangers. Do you not think that here are religious men enough who will gladly bestow baptism upon you? To me, therefore, it plainly appears that such a voyage is to no purpose. If you stand upon any doubt or scruple concerning the faith whereto I wish you, where can you desire conference with greater doctors or men more learned in all respects to resolve you in any questionable case than this famous city affords you? You must think that the prelates are such there as here you see them to be. And yet they must needs be much better conditioned in Rome, because... They are nearer to the principal pastor, the Pope. And therefore, if you will credit my counsel, reserve this journey till some time more convenient, uh, when the Jubilee of General Pardon happens, and then perchance I will bear you company and go along with you as in vowed pilgrimage. Whereto the Jew replied, I believe, Jehano, that all which you have said may be so. But to make short with you, I am fully determined if you would have me a Christian as you instantly urge me to be, to go to Rome. Otherwise, I will continue as I am. Jehanu, perceiving his settled purpose, said, Go then, in God's name. But he persuaded himself that Abraham would never become a Christian after he had once seen the court of Rome. Nevertheless, he counted his labor not altogether lost in the regard that he bestowed it to a good end, and honest intentions are to be commended. The Jew mounted on horseback and made no lingering in his journey to Rome, whereupon arriving, he was very honorably entertained by other Jews dwelling in Rome. And during the time of his abiding there, without revealing to any one the reason of his coming thither, very heedfully he observed the manner of the Pope's life and those of the cardinals, prelates, and all the courtiers. And being a man very discreet and judicious, he instantly perceived, both by his own eye and the further information of friends, that from the highest to the lowest without any restraint, remorse of conscience, shame, or fear of punishment, all sinned in abominable luxury. And not only naturally, but in foul sodomy, so that the credit of strumpets and boys was not small, and yet might be too easily obtained. Moreover, drunkards, belly gods, and servants of the ponch, even like brutish beasts after their luxury, were met with everywhere, more than anything else. And upon further observation, he saw all men so covetous and greedy of coin that everything was bought and sold for ready money. Not only the blood of men, but in plain terms, the faith of Christians. Yes, and matters of divinest qualities, were it for sacrifices or blessings, how or to whoever appertaining, they were made no mean merchandise. And more brokers of manifest corruption under the nice name of negotiation, were to be found there than in paris attending on all trades and for gluttony they called it sustenance even as though god did not know the definitions of vocabulary nor the intentions of wicked hearts but would suffer himself to be deceived by the outward names of things as wretched men are commonly used to do these things and many more fitter for silence than for publication were so deeply displeasing to the Jew, being a most sober and modest man that he had soon seen enough and resolved on his return to Paris, which very speedily he performed. When Jehano heard of his arrival, believing he would receive very different news from his friend than ever to see him a converted Christian, he went to welcome him, and kindly they feasted one another. After some few days of resting, Jehanno demanded of Abraham what he thought of our Holy Father, the Pope, and his cardinals, and generally of all the other courtiers, whereto the Jew readily answered. It is strange, Jehanno, that God should give them so much as he does, for I will truly tell you that if I had been able to consider all those things which there I have both heard and seen, I could have resolved myself never to have found in any priest either sanctity devotion, good work, example of honest life, or any other good thing beside. But if a man desire to see luxury, avarice, gluttony, and such wicked things, yea, worse, if worse may be, held in general estimation by all men, let him but go to Rome, which I think rather to be the forge of damnable actions than any way leaning to grace or goodness. And, for all I could perceive, I think your chief pastor— and consequently all the rest of his dependents, do strive as much as they may with all their engine, art, and endeavor to bring to nothing, or else to banish quite out of the world the Christian religion, whereof they should be the support and foundation. But because I perceive that their wicked intent will never come to pass, but rather that your faith enlarges itself, shining every day much more clear and resplendent, I gather from this that the Blessed Spirit is the true ground in defense thereof, as being more true and holy than any other religion. In which respect, whereas before I stood stiff and obstinate against the good admonitions and never thought to become a Christian, now I freely open my heart to you that nothing in the world can or shall hinder me, but I will be a Christian as you are. Let us therefore presently go to the church, and there, according to the true custom of your holy faith, Help me be baptized." Jehanno, who expected a conclusion far contrary to this, and hearing Abraham speak it with such constancy, was the very gladdest man in the world, and went with him to the Church of Notre Dame in Paris, where he asked the priests there abiding to bestow baptism on Abraham, which they joyfully did, hearing him so earnestly to desire it. Jehanno was his godfather, and named him John. And afterwards, by learning divines, he was more fully instructed in the grounds of our faith, wherein he grew to be of great understanding and led a very virtuous life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Decameron twenty twenty by Thinkery and Verse. If you liked what you heard, you can tune in to more stories from the Decameron and discussions between our storytellers right here on Buzzsprouts Sprouts or wherever you download your podcasts. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. And for more from Thinkery and Verse, you can check us out on social media at Thinkery and Verse on Facebook. And Thinkery underscore and underscore verse on Instagram, or by going to our website, thinkeryandverse.org. Thanks for listening, and be well.